Still don't understand the complete situation here. Uh, he, <laughs> so he he definitely. What are we gonna do with our dads, man? Oh, dude, it was funny because like it was it was after if we're, we still got more to go. After several of these incidences, it was very clear like we need to get these dads crossbows for Christmas. Like this is <laughs> this is who it's meant for. Um, Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Deer Grow. Man, it's almost food plot season, Jared, and Deer Grow is one of those products that has really changed the way that we plant food plots and the success we've seen from them. No doubt. I've been, you know, trying to plant food plots my, my entire you know, whitetail hunting career, which is a little shorter than yours, but the minute that I started or that I, you know, I realized that I could get Deer Grow back into some of these remote plots where I couldn't get lime or fertilizer, especially in the 50 pound bag, you know, format, mm-hmm. so everything was changed. You know, I could get into these spots uh, moving forward with a, with a backpack sprayer and that since escalated to these 40 or 60 uh, gallon sprayers and we're doing upwards of you know five to ten acre food plots just with your grow and having phenomenal success yeah and i mean with the price of fertilizer lime diesel everything this year i mean what better way to get in there and grow a successful food plot at about a third of the cost check out deer grow at deergrow.com and we're back hey on our podcast episode 103 per nick yeah it is if you're listening to this nick tells me it's december 6th we are filming Ooh. it the week of Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day soon. Yes, sir. And it's December if you're listening to this. Holy shit. Where did November go? I feel like we were just talking about, oh, we got so much time. It's November. You know, it's going to get gone. She's gone. It's quick. You wait 11 months for 30 days and she's gone. She leaves you just when you're. Starting to become attached to her, Nick. I'm not ready to be done yet. I know. Yeah. It's usually how it is. You're not ready for it to be over, and she's ready for it to be done. Uh, sometimes I'm ready for it to be done, but <laughs> speak to the holiday season. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I you guys it. are talking about that. I got you. Yeah, I just... Uh, we had a great week in Kansas, and I... Uh, I, I as we'll, I guess, cover here, I was, yep. I was the only one not to shoot. And uh, you passed a few though. Yeah, no, I passed them great. We had an awesome week. <clears throat> um, but I think that um, I'm ready. I'll go back. I'm ready to go back. I'm not ready to be done. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, we'll get into that discussion a little I'm bit not here. I'm leaving. I'm not I'm leaving. <laughs> ah! I just watched that movie for the first time this year. Thank God, dude, yeah. because we've been freaking talking about it like all the time. <laughs> it's for top the first five. time. Yeah, oh, yeah, obviously. He's really, really good. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking layman! What brought you to, why'd you watch it? Mm, my cousin recommended it. He's like, you ever seen Wolf of Wall Street? I was like, no. Dude, goes, we've, we've talked about it like 13 times in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and you, every time you're like, yeah, it's I haven't watched it. kind of it. a central thing. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> good. It's real good. Yeah, yeah agreed. Top two, Leo DiCaprio, Meany. I watched, watched Titanic the other day. There's number yeah. one. Yeah. Did you see, uh, <laughs> did you watch that Arnold? Did I send that to you? The mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Paint me. Look at my boobies, Jack. Paint me, Jack. <laughs> That's funny. It's a big customer. I expect to get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're in the... Did pa- you see that? Sorry. Mm-mm. We're in the November delirium, I think, at this point. Been rotten all, all month. Well, this is just like the sad reality part of the season where it's like, it seems like there's hope that you're going to either tag out or some of these, you know, you're going to... Make it live forever. Seems like they could live forever, and then 
wham, wham, wham. Youth, youth gun season comes in like a yeah, like a hammer. It's like Vietnam. Yeah. All your yeah. friends just start exploding everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's just walking through, listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Next thing you know, there's bombs blowing up all over the damn place. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you're all just like out for a stroll in the wheat fields and rice fields, and then bam! <laughs> Uh, it is gun seasons though. And I mean, you know, it is what it is. So I know, so yeah, so we just had youth, uh, youth season in Ohio. Um, sounds not necessarily a record kill, but I mean, very high kill cause the weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, leading into this week. So Kentucky's gun season still underway. In fact, I'll be going down there tonight, my hunt with the kids this week down there. And then, um, Saturday's Pennsylvania's opener. And then Monday is Ohio's opener. So, I mean, it's a, it's a 10 day stretch here. By the time you're listening to this, Ohio's gun season will be over. Kentucky's gun season will be over. Pennsylvania will be halfway over if you're listening to this. So yeah, it's a tough thing because I mean, um, you know, I know a lot of people listening to this are, are gun hunting and, and, you know, I think that there's still some really good chances, but, and it, it, uh, this late season stuff. I mean, you're, you're tailing right here where there's still, I think some vulnerability for some of these big bucks to get killed. Um, especially if you're in Ohio and Kentucky on corn piles. Uh, we talked about that this weekend. And then, um, you know, if you're in Pennsylvania and stuff, I mean, there's still, you know, bucks are really, those older bucks are really working for the last few does. Um, you know, here in what the next week, well, if you're listening to this, it's probably already over, but last part of November for sure. Um, you know, and it just depends on when these seasons fall, but it will fall a little bit earlier this year. And so I would assume that you'll see some bucks chasing on opening day at gun season in Pennsylvania. Um, for sure. Same with Ohio. I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, every, every year I think my, uh, perception or understanding of like deer behavior obviously grows, you know, the more Mm -hmm. time we spend and the more, you know, cameras we run and stuff. And I mean, it just, it seems like they're you know, they're still kind of full swinging right now. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I had a, not any of my mature bucks, but I had a bunch of two, two and three year olds crushing scrapes last night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, in daylight too, in the afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if, I think, a, if anything, I mean, I would say they're kind of seems like they're maybe locking down for like the first or second time. Yes. I would say you're in this like second lockdown. So, yeah, I mean, I would anticipate gun seasons this year will be highly fatal. Mm-hmm. Or mortally wounded. Yeah. Weather looks good for it, too. I mean, for... Does it? So I know that at least some of the stuff I was looking at... Yeah, Ohio looks good. It's I think because Pe- it's going to rain. Pennsylvania's going to rain. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, lets up, then Monday's a little cold cold mm-hmm. front. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, looks wet in Ohio- or, uh, Pennsylvania's opener. And then um, I think Kentucky... It's going to get warm. Like, I think Thanksgiving is supposed to be like 60 degrees, which is nuts because it was like blizzard conditions when we were driving back from yeah. Kansas. Yeah. Well, there's just been crazy, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be food sources are critical, you know, and, and finding some of those bedding areas that those bucks are still going to be cruising around are going to be critical. And I've got, I'm going to take the bow to Kentucky with me. If I get out, I'm going to just hunt with my bow during gun season down there. I've got a few bucks to go after and then uh, take the kids to Ohio. And then I'm, I'm kind of just focusing on late season at this point. Get through gun season with the kids and everything. And then. Because you've got basically all your tags except Kansas, right? Correct. Correct. And talk about Kansas? 
Yep. Kansas deer camp, beer camp, as Jared called it. What, what was that? We were like five, five days deep. And probably four or five, beers. maybe not even beers. Deep. Oh no, I I believe we were several beers deep. Maybe we drank a lot of beer. Like yeah. More more than was anticipated. We tagged far out. more than we've ever done. We tagged yeah with the dads. Dang. Well, so my what I was saying at the time that this beer camp comment came out was we had drank four or five of them, and I was like, man, it's crazy how at the. How did I say that? I was like, it's crazy how like you can't even like it's you can't even get drunk at, at uh, beer camp because there's so many. <laughs> I was like, is there something about beer camp something that just absorbs beer camp. it? They just like go right through you, you know? Yeah. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, my yep. dad, my dad did the math. I think we did ninety beers, ninety beers, mm-hmm. which really is not that many. It was like five a day per person mm-hmm. if you level it out. It also probably <laughs> was heavy. chimed into our uh, our average kill ratio there one for four maybe <laughs> so yeah we uh we all well you, so you and your dad got to kansas uh day early so you were there friday. on friday friday yep. the i don't know what the 10th date would have been 10th or 11th 11th mm-hmm. yeah friday the 11th so you guys were down there you hunted you didn't hunt the morning though you hunted the evening yeah we got it we were early too we had to keep making stops so that we could like get to walmart right after it opened oh, dude and i will we both experienced it a day apart but man that that three to six shift is rough sounds like you drove the whole time i drove the whole time more brutal yeah I, I slept a little bit we like uh when we got we were on saturday so we we're a day behind and we stopped at walmart for like a grocery stop and it was like it, we were right outside kansas city so i'd been driving for 14 hours or something straight but i'd been up for I don't know, 36, something oh like that. God. And I like pull into the parking lot, throw her in park and just like pass out right <laughs> on the steering wheel. Like, <laughs> I woke up like 20 minutes later. I'm like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> That'd be a brutal drive. Yeah. My dad's like, I think they're open. I was like, what? Who's open? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and literally, I remember like in one motion, like putting it in park and just my face like hitting the steering <laughs> wheel. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. And it's like after like just jamming anything energy wise, like into my body, yeah. it just wouldn't, it wasn't taking it. Caffeine crash. It just wasn't. EpiPen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't, wasn't happening. So, <clears throat> so anyways, you got, you guys got there, uh, Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, I mean, right we, when the front came, we, we got the too. whole, the whole routine. We did, uh, you went what we, fil- well, we did, lo- we did, uh, I guess this isn't routine, but we did Longhorn Steakhouse mm-hmm. on the way up. See, I went Cracker Barrel, which is the routine. Yeah, that's usually we do. I don't. Dad wasn't feeling Cracker Barrel. He wanted sushi. Get <laughs> off! Uh, he this wanted is beer camp. <laughs> this is beer camp. Who gets sushi at beer camp? Well, it was right outside of Cincinnati, and he's like, "Oh, we used to do a bunch of business trips up here and stuff." He's like, "There's a sushi place," and I was like, "Uh," and ultimately we elected for Longhorn, and I think we were pulling into the Longhorn uh, parking lot when he's like. You know, I think I actually got food poisoning at that uh, sushi place one time. Yeah, you have like nine hours of driving left. I, I don't like, think yeah. I don't think gambling on the sushi is going to be the good move there. Yeah, so we did uh, <coughs> ribeyes at Longhorn to kick it off, mm-hmm. and then uh, drove through the night. Got to Walmart at I think they open at six six thirty six thirty. Yeah, so we got there probably an hour before and took a nap in the parking lot. Yep, and then went to uh, what's that filling station called? Size Lies filling station. Yeah, it's some. It's like Lies Filling Station or something. And Yates Center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that was nice. That grounded us. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
get to add the the Kansas starting to ease acclimation. It. It's cool. It's funny because it's it's like one of those local diners there where there's like a bunch of satellite tables where it's like outsiders can sit at and then there's like a dining room table in the middle where all the farmers just rotate in and out like a spot frees up one field you in. like go and sit down and they're like get the hell out yeah, of oh here. no i wouldn't dare i wouldn't yeah. dare but uh I feed you the hogs so that was good we, we got in and um got to our final destination where we were staying took a little nap mm-hmm. and then uh went out to the stand that night and I mean, you hit it right. So we had a, it was really it's warm perfect. the week before front came through Thursday night into Friday. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you guys hit it right. And you went to our quote, famous aunts, Stan. Yeah. Your dad went, uh, back behind our, our house at the Roberts mm-hmm. and, uh, you had, you had a decent evening first, first set, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I passed a nice three-year-old that night. Yeah. <clears throat> so I saw, I mean, kind of right away I got settled at you know, I don't know, two, yeah, two thirty or so, and about about three o'clock, you know, I started seeing does, fawns, yearling bucks, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, a nice <coughs> nice thrill come through, hit that scrape right there, and um, I mean, that spot kind of declined there pretty quickly after, yes, um, which I mean, we've had two years of build up for that spot to find either Pretty Boy or Spider Man. And I was hopeful. <laughs> I so I mean, what we've kind of come to the conclusion, and whether it was the state or the neighbor, is they basically cut a trail al- along the cattle fence from the private, and that trail goes clear back to the parking area, which now makes it extremely easy to get back to that spot. Yeah. So you ended up seeing more guys than deer probably in that spot. Yeah, just ruined it. I've never seen a guy back there before. I, know. I mean, I know there's been guys parked at the mm-hmm. parking lot before, but I've never seen a guy, and I I saw. I think I had three different groups of guys walk under my stand, like literally under my stand. And it's like, I don't know what these guys are like looking for. Cause it's like, they're five yards from me before I'm like, Hey, Hey, well, one guy, hey. and then they like, look at my tree and they, I'm like <laughs> up here and they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, just, just let you know I'm up here. And they're like, you know, but two, two of those groups of guys were, were cool. Super yeah. cool. Like, uh, and, um, the dude who shot the four point was not. No, there was this just this one guy that's just I mean, I seen him from a mile off just trouncing through the woods, just like, you know, high stepping basically. And he, he just like runs all the way up to my stand there and I stop him and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm up here. He's like, Oh, looking for my deer. I was like, Oh, you sh- you shoot one or he's like, Yeah. I was like, What'd you shoot? He's like, Forky. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, Oh, I was like, I, I haven't seen anything, you know, basically this morning. I haven't seen anything all morning. He didn't come past here. And he's like, uh, or actually, I said that first, and, and I was like, what did you shoot? And he's like, I shot a fork. I was like, oh, actually, I was like, I did see just, you know, a four-corn chasing does up over here on private. He's like, that was him. <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, oh, this deer wasn't wounded. I was like, this deer was just yeah, chasing, fine. chasing does. And he's like, he, I don't know if he believed me or, or what, but. Uh, well, and he's the guy that, you know, because I had, because um, this is on Sunday morning, I think, right? Yeah. No, I think it was Saturday morning. No, because we weren't there yet. Was it Saturday morning? I guess you guys rolled in Saturday morning and we're driving around. Yeah. Oh, that's Saturday what it was. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Because um, I had a great first night past yeah. that nice three-year-old and then right away next day at whatever it was, nine o'clock, start seeing yeah. guys. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, it was then Saturday morning because we drove by the parking area and I saw this guy sitting on his... I saw a guy every hunt after that. I saw one Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Everyone? And after Sunday morning, I was like, forget this. Yeah, we're done. Out of here. I saw the guy sitting on the tailgate <clears throat> and so dad and I pull up. And I was like, hey, you seen anything? He's like, yeah, shot one. I was like, oh, yeah, what was it? He's like, big forky. And I'd already talked to you. I'm like, oh, yeah, come tell me about it, man. Just like egging yeah. this guy on. And he's like, yeah, some, some, some bitch back there just rattling like crazy. Doesn't he know that that just scares all those bucks away? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe the one-year-olds, but like not, no, 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 it just scares them all away. And he told he yeah, he gave me that advice while I was out there. He's like, was that you rattling this morning? And I was like, yeah, so I was hitting him, hitting him this morning. And he's like, I wouldn't do that. He's like, em, em bucks, that scares him right off. I said, oh, yeah. I said, I rattled a pretty good one in last night. And that was a three-year-old. Yeah. And he's like, oh, all right. And then proceeded to walk continuing in his direction like deeper into where i'm hunting and i was like hey i said would you mind walking out the way that you came in and uh he was like not cool he, you know he's like, well I, you know my deer and i was like he's not dead dude i was like he didn't come back to pass this way he's like well whatever i'm gonna i'm walking this whole thing until i find him i was like that's fine i was like just if you could do it that way that'd be great and uh I, it sounded like he didn't he just walked back out to he the walked park back the where, where you guys were yeah he was eating lunch on his tailgate so, yeah, so that's how you ended Saturday. I think your dad saw several bucks back there, which we'll get Saturday into. Saturday morning. Yeah. Saturday night, I had yep. the truck drive all the way in on private. Yep. <laughs> and I called you this time because I was like, I, at this point, I'm like, all right, here we go again. Yeah, because uh, I think I was still driving at the time. Yeah. I was driving into the spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I called you. It was early on. I'd been in the stand yeah. for an hour maybe. Yeah. Or no, I sat all day. Oh. Sat all day. You sat all day. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so whatever it was, 2 o'clock, 2.30 guy comes driving all the way down in this I don't know, like Cummings diesel or something on private, mm -hmm. which I'm not far from the line. I'm like, you know, 50 yards from it and parks and gets out. And so I called, called you and mm -hmm. I was like, dude, it's, this guy's going to walk right down in here. The fence, yeah. fence cuts right down to me. I was like, I'm just going to have you on the phone while I'm doing this. Just why not? And I'm like looking at him through the binos and I'm talking to you and I'm like, yeah, uh, he's definitely hunting. I was like, he got one of them stupid green leafy suits on mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just like throwing him over his jeans type of deal. And yeah. Jeremy's like crossbow. And I was like, mm, yes. Yep. yep there's yep. the crossbow. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's like, tree stand. I'm like, mm, I'm like, I don't see anything. I'm like, dude, I was like blind. Ground blind. <laughs> got a ground, ground blind. blind. He's carrying yeah. a ground blind and I was back. I said, this is a. Well, you know, we got yeah. a serious and one. And a chair. Here. We got a serious one. Oh, yeah. Chair, ground blind. Crossbow. Crossbow. Mm hmm Classic. Um, you don't see many of those in the wild, Nick. Huh? <laughs> more and more, unfortunately. <laughs> Especially on public land. Uh, but, yeah. He, yeah, of course. Came strolling right down. Flopped over the fence. Crossed the fence with his, co his crossbow full cocked. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was cock blocked and ready to rock. <laughs> and uh, he was the one that was like, he was under me, you know. I feel bad because he was a super nice guy. And I said, hey, hey, hey. And he's he's like, look, and he, it took him like 30 seconds to find me. I'm like right here, like in the tree above him. And I said, hey, man, just want to let you know I'm here. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's totally fine, yeah, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's public land, dude. So you're, you know, you got every right to be here. He's like, well, I, he's like, I just didn't think anybody would be in back this far. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I walk. I've been hunting. Yeah, me either, dude. <laughs> I've been here all morning. I said, I actually saw uh, another guy came through here this morning. He's like, oh, okay, well. And he, you know, he was cool enough. He just be, backed out. He backed out, went to another spot. And, uh, but yeah, so, so I don't know. And then, and I guess we'll get backtracked because stuff's happened between now and then. But then finally the third morning, 
I went back into the same spot and I was like, well, I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I don't mm -hmm. think that guy's going to come back in. Mm -hmm. I think that the first guy knows I'm there now. Mm -hmm. I saw a good deer the first sit. So I went back in and wouldn't you know it, 8.30, 9 o'clock, two guys walking the fence line down, you know, straight to me. And it was our Louisiana boys. It was Louisiana guys. And uh, at that point, she shot. The, yeah, the, I, at that point, we, I was we like, to pull one behind the ear on that spot after that. Yeah, and I told him too. I was like, "Hey, I said, no worries. You know, first of all, it's it's public land. I said, uh, you guys are the th third guys that I've seen in two days. So I was like, I'm just pulling my stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, you know. Uh, and I think they had the same confidence that you had because what do you say? The year before, he killed a 150 back there, mm -hmm. but that was before all of these changes were were happening back there. Yeah, so so I walked out with them actually. Mm -hmm. Walked out to the parking lot, had to pick me up, and mm -hmm. I'll probably never go back. <laughs> Crazy how a spot like that. I mean, it has been historically the spot for Kansas for us for, you know, four or five years. Mm -hmm. And um, just some modifications. And, and, you know, cattle is the priority out there to keep those fences up. And that modification of clearing that fence line to make sure that they can maintain the cattle fence, you know, change that entire spot. I mean, shot. It's dead. If well, you want to kill a one-year-old or two-year-old, go for it. But you're not going to; those mature bucks are not going to be back there right now. Right. Well, so I guess speak to like you were, you know, a, a day behind us essentially, just mm -hmm. because of when you guys got in. So you were driving, driving the roads while Dad and I were in for the first morning. Yep. And uh, so, what did you see as far as in the parking lots? It was insane. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So we got there, we got into town probably around I want to say eight eight thirty. <clears throat> and I said, uh, we had buried a camera, which is still there. We buried a camera deep into public between um, where we thought we saw probably a 160-ish 10-point and then some other shooters in the summertime when we were cruising through. So I was like, well, I'll go and pull that camera. And then there's a fence gap that you and I really like that I was going to put a cell camera on and a scrape for the duration of our hunting trip just for as like a plan B. B or C for us. And we'd roughly scouted it like what, July, August? July, August, we went back through. We knew that fence gap was good. We buried a camera back there, just a regular cell camera or a regular trail camera. And um, so I was like, I'll go pull that. Well, we start going and like, you know, I mean, I see a few cars here and there. And as we get closer to this spot, dude, every parking lot had Kansas vehicles in it, like resident Kansas vehicles. And given, yes, it's Saturday morning, but we always arrive on Saturday morning always. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yes, we see people, but normally they're out of staters and normally not nearly as much. In fact, I think I counted 22 Kansas vehicles between where I was going to try to pull that camera. And I didn't cause there's two cars parked there and where you were at. Um, not to mention the out of state vehicles that were around too. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've kind of talked to some, some locals since then, and it's just, it's gotten bad. <clears throat> and it's uh, a lot of Wichita, you know, a lot of people coming from Wichita over that way to hunt, um, you know, and just in their words, shoot, you know, the first deer that they see, just fine. It's public land, I guess. Um, but it, it's definitely also because the pressure of out-of-staters has come in leasing property, which has displaced a lot of your Kansas residents mm. so that the Kansas residents are forced to hunt public because the non-residents have come in and leased, you know, land that normally was just open for whoever to hunt. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, um, again, we always see, and, and usually it is that Saturday and Sunday and it dies off, but 
I mean, I've never seen that many vehicles. I mean, every parking lot from, from point A to point B was filled with, with trucks. Um, so, I mean, the, the pressure was just immense. Now, given it was great weather, you know, in terms of how it came on, but from a public standpoint, I mean, it, it was, um, it was as busy as Southern Illinois was last year to us. And I mean, that was the place that we said we would never go back again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we got into the week, it died off, but I mean, there was always vehicles and, and key spots. Um, what, what morning was it that you're getting pictures of the guy on the flat? That was Saturday morning as well when I was coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I was come the spot I was going to hunt. So this is how it all kind of transitioned. So all these guys were everywhere. We knew, uh, where your dad was going. We knew where my dad was and going. And we're split. We've got like, you know, the da- 30% of our stuff is on public. Yeah, the dads are going to private land. But we knew that. on private. And so you and I were going to hunt public. In fact, that's where I killed this deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I didn't really have a good deer down there. It's just I know it's a good rut spot. And so it's like 9 o'clock in the morning, and here's Crossbow Joe with a freaking headlamp on, a Carhartt jacket, and blue jeans, stalking back and forth in front of my trail camera seven times over a two-hour period. Like just walking back and forth <laughs> twice with his headlamp on and it's 9 a.m. Like I could see the light on and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he's just stalking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, clearly that spot is shot to shit. Um, and like, I would assume he just thinks he's going to jump him and, and, you know, jump shoot him like a, a rifle. I don't know. And so... I'm like, okay, well, you you and your dad are sitting all day. <clears throat> we get, I don't understand. Is, are these guys killing deer that way? No, they're like wounded. I, you see so many guys do that. Wounding them, for sure. I mean, definitely throwing an arrow no or a bolt, no doubt in my mind, mm-hmm. which is fine. I know that there are people that actually are, like, they crossbow hunt, they're good people. Like, I'm not saying, these are the guys that give you all a bad name. Like, you're literally walking around like you're rifle hunting. You look like an idiot. I mean, and you are. I told you that one guy looked like he was dressed as a crossbow hunter for Halloween. Like, like it yes. was the, it was like literally the depiction of like if they would sell one of these things at the Halloween stores. It's like the guy's about 150 pounds overweight. Like he's got this like old school camo and his ball cap and his face mask pulled up under his eyes. Like walking to his, that probably doesn't have a destination. Just walk walking up to kick one up. Yeah, and it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like just stop. Like you're not rifle hunting. Like, that's fine if you want to still hunt when you're rifle hunting. You're not. Like, you, if you want to be considered a bow hunter and you're a crossbow guy, like, act like a bow hunter. Don't act like a rifle guy. The reason that we bitch about it or we give people a bad name at crossbow guys is because of this exact scenario. You're, you're walking around unethically. You're screwing other people's hunts up. So I don't care if you want to say, well, it's public land, dude. I can do what I want. Cool. Have some freaking hunter ethics. Don't be an asshole. It's it's archery season. Nobody else is. No compound guys are just walking around, blowing through bedding areas, trying to jump shoot something. Like just it's it's just unethical at that point. And so whatever, that spot shot shot to shit. So we have a lease, fifty minutes from camp uh, that we picked up this year. And it was like, it's just a shame. It just sucks for everybody. Like, yeah, well, that's even, what I'm even those, not, not just even the crossbow thing, but it's like, dude, people, you go hunting to like, especially. Well, and I'll say it's not only just crossbow guys. The guy who came up and shot the forky was shooting the Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a dig? Oh, okay. Uh, 
but like he's an idiot. You can't, you're not going to listen. You, I understand that there have been spot and stock successes in every state, right? And especially a state like Kansas. That said, you can easily watch a guy and say, that dude doesn't know how to spot and stock shit. Like he's stomping around. You can hear him from a mile and a half away, right? It, he's well, not spotting and stocking anything. He's just an idiot. Well, that's why I asked, like, do PR people successful? Because, like, I think we feel that way about it. But, like, so many people, no are, so many people are doing it. Do they? No way they're successful. Yeah, but do people think that that's how you? People think that's yeah. how you hunt. They think that they're because they they gun hunt. Their success comes from gun season. Yeah. And so that's how they're applying their same hunting tactics in, in archery, whether it's a crossbow or a recurve or a compound, doesn't matter. Well, regardless, I mean, it just, it sucks for everybody to have to see people when you're hunting. I, I mean, mean here's the thing. That's the worst. <clears throat> we have all walked in on somebody in a stand and said, oh shit, sorry, dude. And you feel, if you have ethics, you feel bad that you fucked up their hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. You walk out, you almost like tuck your tail slumping out. Cause you're like, Damn well, it. first of all. I mean, I don't know how far you take it, but like, I would almost wouldn't dare walk into public land like at eight thirty on a Saturday morning. Like, I know people I, where there's, there's cars parked. There's four the, trucks parked at yes. the thing. Like, if I walk into this woods, I'm gonna yes. blow everybody's hunt. Ethics, and so that's step one. Per the reason, like step not- step two. I mean, be diligently looking like for sign. Like, see if the guy bootstracks are going this way or like, oh, dude. Now that now you're over the top. Nobody's looking at that shit. Anything like you come up on somebody's camera, like be be looking in the trees for some. Look for somebody waving. If you hear somebody rattling, it's not a buck fight. Somebody somebody is. Oh, yeah, well, I mean that's rattling. why on Saturday morning when I drove up there, like I can. It's 250 yards from the place where I would park to our camera. There's two trucks there. There's boot tracks going in the trail. Did I go in there? No. Of course not. It's nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Those guys are in there hunting. I'm just walking in to get a trail camera. I'm not going to go and screw them up. So no, I didn't go in there. I didn't walk in and bust up their hunt. But that's that's ethics. That's just common ethics. Do Did I want to get that camera and set up a camera to start our... Absolutely, man. That was part of our plan going in there. Guess what? Plans change. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, there'll be a lot of people that say, screw it. It's public land. I'm just going to go in there and do it anyways. And that's rude. Yeah, I agree. And this is where like, you want to talk about decisive or divisiveness in the hunting community. It's there because people are just assholes. And to your point, two of those people felt really bad about walking in on you. Yeah, super nice guys. I mean, they, and that's how it should. Yeah, that's they didn't. Such a, they didn't know. They, they didn't, didn't know. They didn't do anything wrong. The other, and none of them did anything wrong. But it's the reaction of two of them versus the other one. Yeah. Two of them's reaction was, "Dude, so sorry. Didn't mean to screw it up." Da 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 da. The other one is the Matthews guy was a total prick. <laughs> Exactly. And and when you have that kind of stuff. When I was trying I mean, to help him out, so he should have like, he, you know, I told him the deer didn't come past. I'm like, dude, I can see 300 yards in every direction. Yeah, let me narrow down your search here. Yeah, I was like, he didn't come through here. I was like, I would look closer to the river. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean. He was just hell bent on walking the whole woods. Like, he wasn't looking for blood. He wasn't looking for anything. No. I'm not convinced he actually shot one. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I'm convinced he slung an arrow, but that was it. Yeah. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Stealth Camp. Dude, where would we be without our cell cams? I would definitely be divorced at this point. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I mean, the fact is, is I spent more time checking cameras than I actually did hunting prior to cell cameras. 
now at least my wife can enjoy me being in the comfort of my own home, buried in my phone, checking those pictures. Yeah, 100%. And dude, when it comes to uh, trail cameras and definitely cell cameras, reliability is, I think, the number one thing that we're looking for. Stealth Cam just has a long reputation of reliable cameras, and ultimately that is the most important thing to us. They have to work. In terms of reliability, there's not a better camera on the market than Stealth Cam, whether you're talking about the Fusion X, the Reactor, or the DS4K Transmit. And most of them are under 200 bucks. Southcam.com, check them out. So, anyways, Saturday morning, yeah. So then I get this crossbow guy back and forth in front of my camera. There's two other cars parked there. Like that spot shot. I'm just like, and again, it's it's you know, you're having this experience. We should be clear too. I mean, there's there's like absolutely no entitlement from our standpoint saying like hey we've we scouted these spots on public land and we, you know don't give a shit. we have them dead to rights like absolutely not but it is it's just discouraging to like put so much work into a spot and mm-hmm. to into getting out to a state into a certain place i mean it's it's not a small thing well yeah and it's i mean it's public and then land. to see people you know it's it's not at all their fault it's just man mm-hmm. like this is not not what you set and out it, to do it eventually got better in that spot um but but those mature bucks, the bucks that I'm chasing, don't tolerate that stuff at all. You know, so they're, they're got, got better at the ants. No, at the at the flat. Oh, there were less people there well, as the week on the went camera, on. Anyways, on, yeah, and I, guess and I would drive too. by yeah. to see, but my spot didn't get any better. We kept getting pictures of guys every guy, every day, guys. Week. Yep, and we never saw a mature buck on that camera. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I think that the only one would have been that night, the first night that I got in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That would have been it. He was a nice deer too. Yeah. So, so yeah, so then I put my dad in that spot and then I drive the 50 minutes to our new lease, which we really didn't have any, we didn't have anything on it. Like, I mean, we didn't have any deer on it. Um, Just kind of like, where else do we go? (laughs) Where else do we go? Dude, it's really amazing how, you know, you can seem like, well, we've got several good spots, but when you consider... Whatever thousands it is, of acres wind, of pressure, there. you know, a number of guys in our camp, uh, and narrowed down fast, narrows it down pretty quick. And we will talk, we'll talk about this a little bit. We, we underestimated one of our spots, um, which in hindsight would have probably re- ended up being really good for us. But, um, so yeah, so I drive out there, I don't know, I get in my stand at like three o'clock, a little after three o'clock probably. And, um, stiff northwest wind in the face like i like the spot we we pre-hung a hawk stand in that in the summertime um there's cattle in there that's the only downfall um but it's thick and it's it's gnarly looking i felt like any day we expected a giant to walk through there and and frankly they just didn't um but it was probably i did a rattling sequence and uh, called in this freaking like one-year-old spike, which at this point in the season, besides I'd seen a six point with Harlan behind the house. I literally, the two bucks I had seen on stand all season were one and a half year old spikes with about a one and a half year old uh, or one and a half inch spike on its head. That's the two bucks I'd seen in Ohio and Kansas. I hadn't seen a single buck besides that. And uh, it was just like, what the hell? You know, and so this deal, deer's walking behind me and screwing around. It's probably like four, about four o'clock. Um, I crack crack the horns really hard, and uh, just a little bit of a grunt sequence. And I I thought I heard a grunt. Like what the fuck? But it was back, and and my truck's parked what, 150, 200 yards. Mm-hmm. It's back towards my truck, and I was like, and the road's over there. I'm like, well, that's weird. 
Didn't hear anything. Nothing came through. I did a couple other grunts on the the buck roar. And I could hear it. I could hear and it sounded like it almost sounded like a ten like a tending grunt. Like I thought maybe he had a doe with him. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay. And he's I thought he was in the property, but he could have also been on the neighbor's property because I'm not far from the line. And um I could hear some leaves moving. I could hear maybe he was like raking a tree or something. So, um, so I grunted another like decent grunt at him and he snort wheezes back and I'm like, all right, we're in the game at this point. And, uh, I have no idea what the hell it is though. And, um, it's probably like two minutes and then I could hear him like, I could hear him stiff walking like up above me and then stopped and it was probably two, three minutes. I didn't hear anything. And so I just kind of did a back grunt. And just like sound like it was going away from him. And I mean, I heard him running and uh, saw him on the, he was on the other side of the fence to the north, jumped the fence line. And when he jumped the fence line, I, I don't know. My, and again, I'm in Kansas, right? So I'm looking at antlers. I'm like, yeah, three year old probably, you know? And so I was, I wasn't going to shoot him. I, I had my bow in my hand, but I wasn't going to shoot. And then he kind of turned. And the one thing I noticed about this deer was like, he just, his, had like the shortest Roman nose of like any deer I've ever seen. Like his head was just like round and neck was giant. And it, I mean, his body was like big, but he wasn't like filled out either. And so I'm like staring at this deer and I mean, he's, he's freaking pacing hard. He's grunting, he, you know, he's looking for a fight and like something in my head finally clicks like, dude, that's a mature buck. Like you need to shoot this deer. And so he starts coming in and it, he makes a little loop. We had a, a rope, rope-a-dope scrape there. And uh, I thought he was going to hit that scrape. And so I went in full draw on him. Has, has anything hit that scrape? No. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's touched it. Cows. Um, and so I went in full draw at like 25 yards. And then he like beelines and turns and starts coming towards me. And so I'm about to pull a Jared and tuck it between his shoulder and his neck. And just like, I bet it's at like 22 yards. I don't know what he did. I think he was going to turn into the cedars, but he just kind of like exposed his shoulder just a little bit to me. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And just tunk. And he did not like it. I mean, I buried half an arrow in him, um, with that rage. And then he whipped out and it was like, it was so fast, dude. I saw him whip out and like, he went into the cedars. And the next thing you know, I just heard like a thud. And I was like, shit, is he dead already? And like didn't hear anything. So I was like, like, I mean, I knew I put a good shot on him. And, uh, so I waited, like, I think I called you or I texted you guys and then you called me, I think. I called you. Yeah. yeah. I said, I want to hear you shake. Yeah. And I was shaking. I was all worked up. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I just, I couldn't believe like it happened that fast. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I wait like a half hour, 45 minutes, get down walk over to where I shot. I could see, I knew where my arrow was. <clears throat> and at first I got a little concerned cause like it, like it was sitting up. And so I was like, Jesus, I was like, that's a lot of arrow. Like that's still sitting there because I haven't seen the deer. I, it's pretty thick where he went. And I went over and I had about eight inches of blood on the arrow, but it also had broke off probably six or eight inches, um, on him. And, uh, I, I think I only walked like four steps and I saw like just a few drops of blood and then I looked up and I could see white belly. I mean, he was 25 yards and, um, 
He probably did just flop right over. Oh, did he just? I mean, he didn't. He didn't bleed much. Like by the time he where he stopped, I mean, there was blood everywhere. But I mean, he didn't even bleed much. I mean, I buried it through through the closed shoulder and buried it in, in the opposite side shoulder. Just tore him apart. But um, yeah, I mean, he he, I mean, died quick. And uh, so then once I got up on him, I was like, yeah, this is an old deer. And so I don't know how old he is. Um, I pulled the incisors and so I have them for the deer age thing I'm going to send off. But, you know, uh, my guess is he's at least seven or eight could be older. Um, but he's just funky looking. Yeah. Just, uh, got like a cool, this is the, the side that I saw coming in. Like he's got this cool, like double main beam on the one side, but he's not like, I mean, it's just would have been a standard eight point. Um, and he's not overly massive or anything. I think I scored him at like 126, and that's only because he's got, you know, 15 or 16 inch main beam here. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's cool deer though. Yeah. Big, heavy, gnarly deer. Um, in fact, I, well, one, at this point I had been up for what, like 42 hours straight. I couldn't get him in the truck myself. <laughs> I was trying to get him in the truck. I had, I had freaking ratchet straps on this deer. I couldn't do it, dude. I just like collapsed on the ground. It was like, fuck. <laughs> so I had to call Jared to like, come and help me put him in the truck. <laughs> just drive an hour one way. I was like, you can't get your deer in your truck. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't get him in the truck. He's too big. Um, but yeah, so it was cool, man. I mean, that was it, fast and like, um, you know, I mean, that's obviously like we love shooting big bucks, but I mean, just going out there to kill an old mature deer. And this could be like the oldest buck I've ever killed, possibly. You know, we'll figure it out. I know that. Um, I mean, that's really the goal. I don't know that either one of us have like a uh, an antler goal in mind. Like, yeah, we like to shoot big antler deer, mm -hmm. you know, but the, the objective is to shoot mature deer. And, yeah, you I, know, if maybe if we know of several large antler mature deer, we'll pass on. Well, you that's know, some smaller antler. That's deer, the but. that's the tough thing I think this year is even though we had cameras out, <clears throat> we didn't really have target deer on camera going into the hunt. Um, they just weren't on camera, and so you know when you're going in, I mean, your goal is to kill a mature buck. I mean, that's at least our goals. Maybe dads are a little bit different than us, but you know, I'm I'm just looking to kill a, a mature deer and. You know, this is the guy that gave me the opportunity on the first night, and it was a cool hunt. I mean, the way that he came in and was all freaking riled up and um, put an, I, I felt good to put a great shot on him, you know, and just bury that that arrow in him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, that was it. 52 minutes into the hunt, and I'm like, tagged out, baby. Tags punched. Like, yeah, man. And so, again, we're going into one of our better weather weeks, you know, and the cool thing was, Normally, it's so warm, like, I can't, you know, we're processing fast. Like, we let this thing hang for three or four days because it's so nice. I didn't have to rush, which was necessary as we get in here to the to the next segment of uh, tracking deer in Kansas. Um, you know, it was nice to just have this deer hanging, and then I could process them and cape them out whenever. And, and Jared's going to take them up to Trav's place, um, which this is the other buck. I don't know if we had this one on the podcast yet. This is the... Public, <clears throat> this is a public land buck I killed in 2020 there, um, which Jared and I were just talking pre-pod, like this deer is deceivingly big. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about him, but he's just I've got I've big. got the tape here. We should we should do it again before we leave. We have, I know we got him at 157. Mm -hmm. Never hurts to redo it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's it's weird because it's like you wouldn't guess that. He's like, oh, I don't know, mid-40s at 150? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's his beams that are deceiving. Yeah, big. he's got. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's hard to like. He's deceivingly big. Yeah. So his beams, I think, are like 20, 25 and something. Yeah, it's a stud. Yep. They both are. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that <clears throat> that was exciting because then it's like, okay, first real night in deer camp, and we've got a tag punched. We're we got a tag punched. Yeah. And so it was like ripping and roaring at that point. So Sunday morning, um, I take dad back into his spot. Your dad's hunting the same spot he was in. You're still hunting the ants. And uh, I don't know what time it was, but it was pr- pretty early. Like 8, 8.30. Yep. Your dad texted and said he just shot a big one. Shot a big one. And so I'm up at camp, right, you know, 250 yards from him. <clears throat> and so... Um, you know, the, and this is kind of the bow hunter's reaction, right? Uh, you know, I think his first reaction was it was high. Um, he he kind of said high long or something like that was his first yeah. reaction. And and typically, you know, uh, and this is no knock on your, this is any bow hunter, right? Whatever your first reaction is when you let that arrow go and you, you see it hit is probably the right one. Because you'll talk yourself into a better shot as the time passes. But, like, if you shoot and you're like, ooh, it's back, it was back. Mm-hmm. Um, you may talk yourself into, well, maybe it's liver, maybe it's maybe it was a lung, it's back. Um, and it's just because, you know, the more time that goes on, the more you want to will yourself to have made a better shot than it actually was. And so for your dad, that first time it was, you know, and we don't know how high, um, but it was high. And um, we gave it almost two hours, I think, the first time we tracked it. Yeah. Walked right down. Well, because he didn't, he, I mean, he thought it was a dead deer. Yeah. And so I just was like, all right, well, let me, you know, I'd like, uh, you know, let's, let's all we'll go out and recover it together. You know, I'll get down my spot shot. So yep. <laughs> I was like, I'll get down. That was the day I pulled. And that was the day, yeah, we picked you up. So I pulled my setup. You picked me up. And so, like you said, by that time, it was two hours later. You're going to pick me up? You're yep. going to pick me up? And uh, we had celebratory beers in the backpack. We we're like, oh, it's, you know, dead deer. Let's go get them. Beer camp. Let's go get him. And I think, yeah, he he had made the comment like, you know, if anything, it's it's touch high. But I mean, it's I smoked him. Thir- I think thirty five yards came in chasing a doe, working scrape. 30. Yep, working scrapes. Um, I mean, it, perfect. Yeah. Uh, the way that it worked its way in. I say he followed a doe in, and he stopped on his own broadside. Yep, staring, locked in the doe. Didn't didn't think it reacted. Dude, it's just it's hard <laughs> to it's hard to prepare. I mean, this is the the unfortunate reality of your dad's not a wounder from what it sounded like no <laughs> yeah i mean no it's just uh it's hard to prepare prepare somebody for like the that for that moment Ugh. you know as much as you can tell them like hey there's big bucks in kansas hey be ready it's gonna happen hey practice hey here do these things when it all comes together there's just no there's no way to like you have to go and experience it and do it and you know i think that's you know, I think that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get excited in the moment and, you know, th- you know, things, things happen. And there's so many factors that, uh, can impact the shot that you make, like whether it's the cold weather or the amount of gear that you're wearing or th- the tiredness that you're feeling from driving or the, just like the, a lot, the displacement from being away from home or like just all these things that like, you know, you have to have under control to, in a moment like that, like a high pressure moment to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. That's what it is frustrating for, you know, just to hear people talk about, I guess, killing deer. It's like, dude, it's not enough to just practice and be in a good spot. 
like you have to kill the deer like once he's in bow range you have to be able to keep it together enough to kill a big mature buck well and that's way easier said than done and i i will say at least and i mean it's a lot of these big mature bucks but in kansas especially do these deer experience extremely difficult environmental conditions from like super heat in the summer to like brutal blizzards in the winter like these deer are just freaking tough and they're built like like tanks I mean, there was a reason I couldn't, uh, one, I'm not Jared, but there's another reason I couldn't get that deer in, in the truck is he, he was a toad, you know, it was probably 200 pounds field dressed. Um, and so, I mean, these deer are just built differently. Um, and we talked about it, like some of these two and three year olds, I think if you put a, a, a half decent shot on them, they'll just fall up and give up and die somewhere. These mature bucks will not. We've talked about it before. These deer just have to survive. Not They've just, got nothing I mean, not, else to do. Not just even like the the react uh, the reaction to the shot or like it just to literally encounter a big mature can like cans or you know like a, a midwestern what like it's truly it's like yeah. a, it's like a life-changing experience to be 20 30 yards from a, a you know five-year-old plus mm -hmm. mature midwestern buck you know like in broad daylight it's just like one of the craziest things ever and to think about you know executing this thing that you've practiced like to over and time and time again like it's just like it's t for it to come together like you just really have to have your wits about you it's, it's a difficult thing to do i mean that's that's why you know we love bohunt so much yeah. you know that's why it's such a it's such a you know you know one of the most highly regarded sports you know or it's you know unfortunately one of the reasons that we are like you know, when it comes to guns and crossbows it's like i don't know how you don't kill one like it's, mm. it's sure <laughs> you know but so you know i just have a lot of respect for people that can and we know a few of them that can have, have a lot mastered like their self-control and the ability to hold it together in a moment like that to to not move to to, to be able to read the deer's you know body language tells you so much to be able to, to pull your bow back and execute this thing you've practiced so much it's a very 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 difficult thing to do and when you factor in traveling 16 hours out of state sure. you know in 20 degree temperatures uh, it's just you know yeah just on you know the stakes new, are high new settings and stuff and so i mean <clears throat> we got down there and i mean we found pretty good blood right away in fact um it went into the same thicket that my dad's buck died in 2018 mm -hmm. and so you know i think we all would have been pretty confident that that deer laid down in there and was dead and as luck would have it i mean we went on a, a pretty much a a wild goose chase you know i mean to where we lost blood within the first i don't know 200 yards um and almost randomly you picked it up on the river bank quite a ways away definitely randomly yeah and this deer basically just ran the riverbank back and forth bedded multiple times on it found i mean we end up finding a lot of blood on that riverbank um and and to this day you know your dad and i went back we followed more found more beds um we went across the river thinking he crossed the river and was dead over there nothing i mean i, I still believe that that deer maybe went in the river and never surfaced um like he died in that river and drowned and just hasn't floated back up yet. Um, because other than that, there was no, there was no way that deer got out of one of those bed points and didn't drop blood to where we found him coming out of the beds. Just wasn't possible. Um, and so, you know, the unfortunate thing was, I think just back and forth, I think we ended up doing like six miles looking for that deer. 
um, multiple days, six miles, just couldn't find them. <clears throat> and so your dad had to make the difficult decision to, to saddle back up basically. Um, and that's what happens. You know, you at least put a hell of an effort into tracking that deer and, you know, um, I mean, I mean, I guess what we give him a, like a day and a half basically. Yeah. We gave him over a day and a half. He shot him in the morning. We started tracking full it day. at 11 mm-hmm. half day, so the next that day. Full day and then the whole next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least a day and a half. Yeah, at some point it's like, where else can you go? We've covered everything that we can. We've got no. We've gr- we gritted. We followed blood. We backtracked blood. We we searched the opposite side of the river. We've walked the river numerous times. Like he's just. And at the end of the trip, I mean, did it again. Walked the whole <laughs> river to see if he yep. surfaced and couldn't find him. So yeah, I was like, hey, sucks, but you're gonna have to saddle back up and get in. So that's what we did. That's and- a hard decision to make too. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's not. You yeah, know, it's especially because di- it sounded like a it sounded like a stud. Yeah, and it's, it sounded like you know he was confident in the shot and the blood that we saw early on. I mean, that deer went embedded within the first hundred yards. It was definitely a lung hit. I mean, we found we found lung blood for sure. Yeah. Um, it just you know probably single lung, maybe high single lung, mm-hmm. and those deer just survive on single lungs. They just do, you know. And it's not the first deer that you know has survived I mean, not, on single not lung. forever. Like that deer's probably dead. We think, but. Oh man, I mean, I, probably. I I think that deer lost enough blood, because uh, your dad shot him with a rage. I think that deer lost enough blood that he drowned in the river. Yeah, and he just never made it out. Yeah. And that river's deep. I mean, mm-hmm. Kev was telling us in spots that's twenty feet deep. You know, and he just sunk to the bottom. And that's terrifying to think about that twenty feet deep. Like just, them big channel cats. And just it. filled up with filled up with water. You know, he's got a big hole in his side filling up with water. Plus, he's probably inhaling water. He's out of out of energy. So I think he just, he, he died in the river and, um, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. We never did find an arrow, um, which is crazy, but, um, yeah, and that's just how it is. So your dad saddled back up and, um, I guess it was Tuesday then Tuesday morning. Um, so we ended up getting a giant on camera where my dad was hunting. I mean, a legit, very close to Booner, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in there like right before I got my dad in that stand. <clears throat> and so I don't, I want to say it was like seven o'clock or something. My dad calls and, and he lets one fly. Yeah. And, uh, it's <laughs> like, like the dads are flinging at this point. It was, flinging it was really nice to have you tagged out at that point because I was, you know, I could keep hunting and yeah. you were, you're, you were free to go and help track. Yeah. And, I was the dog for the week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so I went and saw dad, uh, <sighs> Still don't understand the complete situation here. Uh, he, <laughs> so he he definitely. What are we gonna do with our dads? Man? Uh, dude, it was funny because like it was it was after if we're, we still got more to go. After several of these incidences, it was very clear like we need to get these dads crossbows for Christmas. Like this is <laughs> this is who it's meant for. Um, the Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Dude, where would we be without our Hoyt bows? Probably shooting crossbows or, or a Matthews. <laughs> yeah. One in the same. Yeah. But in all seriousness, we love being Hoyt guys because you stand out when you're in this room full of other people that shoot these other types of bows. 
I feel like the Hoyt guys just stick out. Dude, it's just a legit bow. I mean, th- th- especially that carbon riser, man. I mean, I-, I know that they've got several other aluminum lines as well. But for me, I'm shooting that RX-5 uh, in the carbon model. They've since come out with the RX-7. And uh, I can't tell you how much I love being a Hoyt guy amongst a sea fork of Matthews guys. So we're out there, I think, pr- proving them wrong, shooting 80 pounds and uh, you know, killing stuff. Hey, man, if you want to get serious, get Hoyt. So, so in in retrospect, we we figure out that my dad, um, used well, no, the, don't go retrospect. Just he used the wrong pin. Yeah. Uh, so it was a thirty yard shot, twenty eight yard shot. He used a forty yard. Was pin. it that far? Yep. He used a forty yard pin, thinking he had a ten, twenty, thirty pin, of which I educated him and said nobody's had a ten yard pin since nineteen ninety five. Well, um, here the the way that it happened was he's been shooting single. You pins, guys so. went out and looked. You went. You went. He's like, well, he said. Well, he said, was it a good shot? And he's like, yeah. I'm free. He's like, he fo- folded him in half. Folded in half. He said the deer literally kicked, like rear kicked, and like wheeled backwards, like like folded wheeled backwards, and then just boom across this bean field. Yeah, like into he, the he felt like he crushed him. He's like, I held right on. And he it. said, it I like heard the shot. shot. Like, I mean, it made solid contact. So you guys went and looked. And, no arrow. And just basically couldn't find anything. No blood. Yeah, no arrow, no blood. Nothing. Walked it out for the 70, 80 yards that he saw him run. Yep. And then I said, screw it. We're, we're, let's not push this deer. Like, I don't know where you hit. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Let's just get out. And I think in, in it's probably it was probably a three-year-old eight point. Um, although that deer showed back up and he's fine. So I don't know what deer it was. Yeah. So we pull out. And um, <coughs> I think it's hilarious that these <coughs> we probably they, neither of them hard. have any idea what deer they shot. Yeah, it's it's like it <laughs> seems uh, to be the hardest thing. Whenever people see big deer, they have no idea what they saw. Just a big deer. I'm like, was it an? And the day before, was it an eight point or ten point? They're like, big. The the morning before, <laughs> he had a doe out in front of him, and this buck slid in behind him and and just right underneath his stand five yards and he could not get that deer to stop and he said it was a big buck and chased up not the the i thought it was a damn horse coming down the hill yeah (laughs) and uh so it was like two hours later i said okay let's give it two hours about 11 we go back out there well so at that point that's when we asked him right you because you shot the bow yeah, because you're like, I'm gonna, let me, yes. shoot, I'm gonna shoot your bow and just make sure, make sure it's on, because you guys apparently have the same draw length and stuff, ish. Ish. Yeah, and so I drew, shot it like 20 yards. It was a little bit high. Yeah, because you, because I had, used the second pin, and I was like, wait a minute, that's 30. And then that's when we realized it was 20 and in, 30 and in, 40. So you asked him, you're like, hey, I, you're, I'm shooting high on all these pins. What are your pins set at? He's like, 10, 20, 30. And I was like, and I was like. Because it's, it's a brand new Hoyt. I was like, you're shooting 60 pounds, right? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Nobody's had a 10-yard pin since... Uh, 95 shooting car, double X 75s. Yeah. So, I think we figured so out. So, the bottom line was out. he shot high. Um, uh, When we went back out, we searched for blood for a while, and I still, I literally <laughs> found a dead mouse carcass. We said that too. He's like, well, that explains it. Yeah, that, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I don't know what I don't know what deer he shot. I don't know uh, where the air, Emily asked me. She's like, "Well, where's his arrow?" I said, "Outer space," because like <laughs> I have no idea. And um, you know, it, it sucks again because it's like, man, 
you know, again, I probably put, I think I put three mile loops on, I mean, every which place that deer could have been. And there was no deer, there was no blood at this point. I I'm still not convinced that he didn't just shoot high and miss it. And that arrow just deflected into cyberspace. Um, because I mean, if he would, even if he would have put it in the neck or the back or something, there's blood. And so, you know, I almost, I, I call it non-lethal, but it could have easily been a miss and that we just didn't find the arrow just reflect, deflected off to who knows where. Um, the only thing that puts me in a weird perspective there is the way that he said the deer reacted, which sure should sounded like a hit. So at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know. Um, but again, we kind of gave everything that we could to find that deer or find anything. I assume it's non-lethal, not a big deal, no blood um, or a miss. And so on the way back, it's like 1130, your dad writes me and says, shot another one. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay. All right. At this point, the dad's just laying in. I'm ready for, I'm well, ready for no, day the, beers. The, the text was, ugh. Hit another one. Yeah, uh, hit another one, <laughs> and I and then it was well. What would the shot look like? And he said, "Not good." And so it's like, oh god. And at this point, Jared and I realized that we completely have blown the week, and that the spot his dad's in is this corridor, and we've completely underestimated it. And like, can easily hold another guy. I mean, his dad's seeing six, seven bucks a day in this bottom, and he's not even in the best spot, probably. So, um. We pull your dad out and we say, okay, based on past experience, well, first off, we find out he shoots the deer facing him and tries to tuck it in the the brisket yeah. shoulder. So, so I, I mean, at that point, I was like, all kinds of hard lessons being learned here. But, like, he rattled the deer in. Yeah. So it was already high alert. It was looking for him. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it cut across this tram road and he stopped it. Like, and you know the i if i have any bull in a china shop in me i get it from my dad but stopped it like yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the thing was like scared the crap out of him and st stopped and stood and fate like looked Turned right stood right him. facing him and i think he just put it on the center of his chest and i mean at that point i think he was kind of panicking he's just like well, he's already in full draw it's 30 yards the deer is on high alert looking at him so when he released he said the deer wheeled there was optimism a little bit in that based on what he said from an arrow penetration standpoint that it could have got into lung and heart maybe. <clears throat> um, maybe. So we, we backed him out for four hours. You, I dropped you and my dad off or you guys, you went out to the lease. I dropped my dad off hunting and then your dad and I went back down tracking number two and dude, I followed blood for 650 yards and I was, I mean, it was not easy blood either. It wasn't even like the first year. I mean, it was trickle, trickle, trickle. Um, and we basically ran out of light past what we call the tram stand. And, um, you know, I did a couple circles and I was like, yeah, listen to it, you know, no beds in the first 650 yards ain't looking good. Like not enough blood loss. <laughs> like I would assume that it was more of a, a muscle shot than anything. And so, um, we pulled out and, um, uh, so that's on Tuesday night. I don't keep track of days. I yeah. Guess they're all blended together. Pulled out on Tuesday night and then, um, yeah. So then Wednesday, cause then he was like, well, what do I do? And we 
didn't go in and look. I, I wrote them off. I said, no, I don't. I think that deer's alive. And um, so I put your dad back in the stand Wednesday morning. <clears throat> put my dad in a stand. You go back to the lease again. Because there is a decent buck that shows up. Although at this point, he's broken himself Did up. Did he ever show back up? No. Really? Never. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was 150-inch nine-point. Yeah. Um, but he had broke himself up by this point when you were hunting. And uh, so I think Wednesday was f- fairly slow. Um, I don't think anybody really I don't saw, think I saw. I saw like one deer. Yeah. In like 16 hours hunting at least. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody really <laughs> saw anything Wednesday. Saw like I was in the big woods. Thursday got Thursday got interesting. So Thursday morning, um, again we're underestimating the place. Thursday morning, you go and hunt the lease again. I think. Uh, I take my dad to his spot. Your dad goes to his spot. Your dad's sitting all day. What was our last day? Thursday. It was the last full day. Friday was the morning day. So I jumped over to the to public. Yep. Wednesday night. Yep. And so Thursday morning you saw Wednesday night I had a shooter come in. Yep. Catch my win. Oh, caught your win. And then Thursday morning we posted it on Instagram. You filled that filmed that really good, I guess three year old. It's a three year old. Giant three year old. Yeah. High one forties. As a three-year-old. No. Oh, yeah. No. All over it, dude. No, he's not. Yes, he is. High 140s? I bet. I'll give him, like, mid-30s. No way. We we'll, posted it on our Instagram. We'll, yeah, we'll post, I'll post a thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, standard three-year-old. Yeah. Nice three. He had a kicker, so, I mean, that was cool. Yeah, which we still don't know if he would have been split on that backside. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, good deer, cool encounter. He had a two-year-old behind him that, like, snort-wheezed and... Mm-hmm. Oh, it was definitely a cool <coughs> encounter. I mean, I he made me think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Should I mm-hmm. shot that deer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, according to our Instagram audience, yes. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel... No, I, you were good with it. I'm really happy with the pass. I mean, that's not what I went there to kill. Sure. And, yeah. Well, and it, it almost paid off because, I mean, so we, we pull you and my dad out, and then uh, Thursday afternoon, your dad's sitting. I went down and checked the tram camera uh, or stand, because you were going to go into that stand. I saw a few small bucks doed up. And as you're walking in Thursday afternoon, you see a freaking giant. Yeah. Betted like 100 yards from dad's stand. So, I mean, he literally. Well, I didn't just see him. I bumped him. I was walking into my stand and yeah, bumped him out of this open ditch. 100 yards behind your dad. I had already walked. <clears throat> I was on the other side of the tree line, but I had already walked all through there. I'm sure he was bedded in there when I was walking through there. Um, and, I mean, you're talking high 60s, right? I At think least. so. Yeah. Stud. Yeah. And uh, I still don't understand how that deer didn't get past your dad. Um, I don't either. Because, I mean, it went right to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you got situated and <clears throat> thought for sure he would come through there, but just young bucks, basically. Yep. But at that point, we realized, like, we should have had somebody in that stand all week. After we'd spent three days walking the whole property, just trouncing all over it. Mm-hmm. And you also spotted a lighted knock from your stand that night. Yep. Which was your dad's second arrow. That was, so that was the, that was the last <laughs> night. Yeah. Last, last night, night we were there and it got dark and I was like, after it got dark, I like, look, look out like a hundred yards. I can see this green thing glowing. I'm like, what the heck is that? Jesus. And I mean, it's glowing. It's not like a reflection. And so I throw my binos up and I, and I see it. I'm like. It's Illumina. Like it's gotta be there's nothing else it could be. And uh 
I didn't want to, I was planning on hunting the spot the following morning. So I didn't want to just, you know, go walk down in there that night and see what it was. And it was cold. So, I mean, if, if there was a deer on the other end of it, it, uh, you know, it would have been fine the next day. But what was weird is when I looked at it through the binoculars, like it seemed like it was moving a lot, like more, more than not like deer movement either, like fluttering, like almost like it was laying on tall grass or, sure. you know, so the wind was blowing it. it and I couldn't tell for sure if it was just like my the shake of my binos at 100 yards or if it was actually moving or, or what. But So dad was all distraught that we didn't want to go look at it that night. I'm like, well, I'm hunting that spot in the morning. So I was like, it'll be there, you know, first thing. It's not going anywhere. Sure. And uh, so it was, you know, we, I, I went out and I hunted that morning till uh, 8.30. And then I got down and went and looked over and I found, found that arrow mm-hmm. uh, from the second deer. Uh, unscrewed at the feral. So, which leads me to believe that it was buried in some sort of bone, shoulder bone or, you know, (laughs) something. And as he ran, you know, it just unscrewed the arrow and threw it out. And, uh, and we got a picture of a good eight point the day after we left on the tram that he feels confident was the second deer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he looked fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that that would be my best guess is that you, you know, I think we're on the same page. I think that first year probably died. Uh, maybe into the river or I, I don't know where these things go, you know, but we weren't able to recover him despite our best efforts. Mm-hmm. And that second year, I, I believe is, is probably fine. Right? Just muscle stuck, stuck a broadhead in him and you know, yeah. he's, he's out there running. Yep. And, and we don't know about dads, maybe same deal arrow broke, you know, shoulder. Probably. I was thinking high back or neck or something like that. I mean, <laughs> something where there wasn't a lot of blood. Um, hmm. But I'll, and again, we've got cameras there, so we'll wait to see if something shows up with an arrow in it yeah. or miss, you know, possible yeah. still because of the, the pin. So yeah, man, I mean, and that, uh, was Kansas trip. It was a lot of fun. Um, weather was perfect. No doubt. We, we, had, a we had a blast. Yeah. We had a good camp. Um, you know, filled one tag seems, seems classic that our, uh, our shot ratio is high and our tag fillings low. Yeah. Um, it happens just, just how it seems to happen in Kansas. But, um, yeah, I mean, we leave there with, you know, a little bit more knowledge, a a little bit, um, a little bit down on the, um, pressure, especially because some of the locals are telling us how they're really seeing it affecting some of the deer around there. Um, you know, and that's what makes Kansas so special is that like, it's just awesome hunting and, and big old mature bucks and big deer country. And, you know, the more pressure that that area gets, the less likely that's going to always be. Um, so, you know, we'll have to keep monitoring on that situation and see what happens. But, um, yeah, in the end, you know, we, we killed a mature buck. We saw several, we saw a couple big ones and, um, you know, could have came, easily came home with three tags filled, not just one. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I, Wish you could change it, you know. I wish, yeah, I wish that uh, dads had. I thought for sure we'd find that first one. I just, you know, that's how it worked out. But so, anyways, it is, uh, you're listening to this December 6th, right, Nick? So, I mean, um, we're through Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, if you're in Pennsylvania, gun season's in full swing. Ohio, gun season just, first gun season just ended. Same with like Illinois, Kansas, Missouri. Um, Kentucky. Oh, I guess Kansas gun season's in swing right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, still a lot of season left. Um, 
mine mind is uh, gonna have to switch if you're in the south your best season's probably still lying ahead if you're in the north you're gonna have to swing to late season mindset which is betting and food uh, and I will tell you that it's going to be much more difficult to find a mature buck here in the next couple weeks um, so if you find one best jump on them pretty quick um, because it's going to be difficult to to punch those tags on a mature buck in the in the north and the midwest unless you've got late season food that's <laughs> going to be your ticket yeah and i guess like just hope and pray that some of your bucks make it through and mm-hmm. although inevitably they never do Inevitably. <laughs> yeah, we still have some tags to punch. So I, I guess kind of recap, you've got a Kansas tag that you're planning on going back out. I'd like to. Question mark? Yeah, we'll watch. I mean, watch the weather. Have you seen anything on tram since we left? Just that, eight, that big eight. Just and then one. some, well, there's been some one-year-olds. Yeah. Um, well, so one of the leases has, you know, beans on it, a good food mm-hmm. source. So I guess the plan would be, I'd love to see that Booner again. I guess he hasn't been there. Not yet. Um. On, on Scroat, too. That's what I mean. Yep. Um, but even if he doesn't, I mean, if we get a cold snap and if, if Margie's willing to, to go out with me, I think she I think she is. So we'll probably fly. It's so rustic. You'll love it. It's farm country. So it's all her. She says, you wanted a cabin in the woods. <laughs> uh, There's cows, Margie. You love cows. So we'd probably, probably fly out. Yeah. And uh, I'll just condense everything three to like four day trip. two duffs in a in my bow case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three four day trip, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not. I mean, it's November twenty second right now, you know, so I'm not. I'm not ready to give it up. I kind of wish I still had my Ohio tag, but I mean, I, I'm stoked with the deer that I shot. I mean, it's just kind of like I wish it would never end. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I've got um, <clears throat> I've got a couple deer in Kentucky that I'm still still chasing. I don't mind the late season there. Ohio got lots of time because of the season length. I've got a tag in Pennsylvania, but I'll probably let, um, you know, Harlan hopefully shoots one and I'll let him tag one. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's still plenty of season left. Um, I, I, I don't mind the late season. I like December hunting. Um, especially if you've got food personally, I think it gets, if you have a mature buck still around, it gets a little bit easier in December and January because they're just so predictable to go into food. Um, you just watch those major cold fronts and snowy conditions and cold weather, and they're going to be on food period. Um, the gun season is, is skill, but it's also so much luck with what those deer get pressured and pushed around. I did pick up a really nice buck on the new Kentucky farm. I've only seen him once, but the fact that he's there is encouraging to me. Probably, a I don't know that deer's probably pushing sixties, that 11 point I got on that Kentucky farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not over yet. I mean, um, uh, to be honest, the, the cool thing about Kansas is it's just fun, man. We had a blast out there at camp and, uh, you know, just being able to sit around and bullshit stories in the evenings with the dads and recap things and have dinner at a table and, and you know, drink beers and watch Axemen. My dad <laughs> was, like, watching Axemen, like, every freaking day. That's, like, it. all he watched. I don't know if it was because he didn't know how to work the Roku remote or, like, that's just what he was into. <laughs> yeah. But by the time they left there, like, we could have left both dads in the recliners and they'd still be watching Axemen right now. <laughs> they would not have left. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, a little champagne of beers. And we were really on the Coors Banquet. Nice. Uh, we put a major dent in the Coors Banquet supply in Eureka, Kansas. We did. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. And, um, 
you know, hopefully we'll, we'll put in a draw and maybe we get lucky and draw again next year. Um, that's the hope. If not, we're going to have to come up with a backup plan for where deer camp 2023 will be. But, um, had a, had a good time. Avoiding public at all costs. <laughs> it's tough, man. I mean, I, I give, I give a lot of people credit. I mean, it, it can happen. Like this deer was a public land deer. Um, but man, it, uh, it for sure seemed like the last two years. So this was, this was the first year of COVID 2020 and 21 and 22, both times that we've hunted significant public one in Illinois, one in Kansas, it has been mind boggling how much people traffic there's been. Well, dude, it's like, it's not rocket science. Like these deer, I, and as somebody who hunts a lot of, probably as much public as I do private, mm-hmm. I don't know as much, but I mean, Close. As, as frequently, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on it as much. Them deer know, like, yeah, they mm-hmm. don't know where the fence lines are at, but they don't want to be where people are. No. Small bucks and does, sure. They don't care. They don't, they don't care. But the mature bucks pick up on it pretty quick. I mean, even like, even in our farm in Ohio and we see the same thing in Kansas, mm-hmm. Uh, the minute that there's, you know, any people on a piece of property, then big bucks don't like it. Don't they leave. It. Yep. The habitat can be as good as either or better. They'll go to worse habitat to get away from people. Well, and I mean, you'll, yes, a doe will drag them through or their belly will drag them through at some point. But like if they have the choice, they don't want to be on that stuff. They don't want to be around people. There's a reason that a lot of these big mature bucks are just loners. That's just how their mindset is. Um, and it's hard for people to adapt to that because, you know, the mindset is you want to see deer, right? I mean, this, I saw two deer while I was hunting. One was a, a shitty one and a half year old spike and this deer, like, the, you know, yeah, it's cool to see five, 10, 15, 20 deer in a night. Most of those mature bucks don't want to see that. You know, they, if they're chasing and bumping does for sure. But any other time of the year, especially as we move here into the late season, and those deer still will be the last to come into the field and they're going to seclude themselves. They don't want to be around other deer. They're not going to be nosing up to two-year-old bucks and stuff. Um, they're just loners. And that's how their mind is is bent into. And, and you just have to, you know, pay attention to that. And if you haven't, if your cameras are sitting in, in rut spots right now, you better change them because you're not going to get shit on them. You, you got to make that change to, to late season, you know, mindset of, Bedding and food, bedding and food. Um, those rut spots will be dead. By the time you listen to this, they're dying very quickly. So, you know, you still got time left, but you're going to have to adapt. And it's going to get cold, and their bellies are going to be hungry, and you better find the food. That's all it's going to take at this point. Huh. I feel a tangible shift, like, after... I think it's after Kansas or after that rut hunt every year, too. It's like... It, go, it shifts from, like, you know, kill to like get them through get them through <laughs> like at this at this point i'm like oh, they made it this far like yeah what what can i do to i almost it, i think my standard even like there's four-year-olds that i would have shot in october november that at this point i'm like well if he makes it through and it's there at this point i'd like to you know see if i can get them through yeah yeah i i think there's um it'll be interesting i mean because it, the next if you're listening to this on december 6th um, like I said, most of these gun seasons are in full swing or fa- are falling out. They're, they're done, you know, take an inventory, see what you got left and reevaluate your situation. If you're still looking to punch a tag, you may just have to change your expectations. You know, if you were looking to kill a five-year-old and there are no more five-year-olds cause it got shot during gun season, you're going to have to shoot a four-year-old if you want to fill your tag. That's just the reality of it. So don't hold out standards. And, and this is when I usually refer to hunting ghost. 
because you may not have seen that deer since, you know, mid-November or the rut and you're holding out late season that he's going to show up. He could have been dead during rifle season or he's picked up and completely moved because food sources have changed, you know? And so you start hunting ghosts and, uh, boy, the season gets long and depressing real fast here because it's cold and you're not seeing a lot of deer and you're not seeing the same deer that you were seeing, you know, you got to alter your, your mindset pretty quickly. Yeah. The food is critical, man. If you don't have it, them deer, they're not, they're going to be where it's, it's pretty critical the whole year, man. It is. I mean, I've seen it just in places that I hunt. Um, you know, even on my property behind the house in Pennsylvania, adding an acre of food has completely changed my property. The amount of deer I see back there and the amount of bucks I've seen this year. Now, whether they stay or not, I don't know because it's been hammered. But I mean, it's it's changed the entire property mm-hmm. for the better. Um, the same will be with this new Kentucky piece. Like, I don't have any food on there, so I've got the same four bucks, five bucks on camera. Well, I drop fifty acres of food on there; it will change. So, hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, keep at it though, and uh, keep man. We really, enjoy, I really enjoy seeing a lot of the Instagram comments and and people writing us on Instagram on some of the bucks that they're killing and what they're seeing, and we appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, we will see y'all next week. Later. It's take me. Oh.